Hello. Welcome to the very first episode of Blythe Spirits. My name is Virginia Onasorge. I work on Broadway. I'm the assistant wardrobe supervisor at the Book of Mormon. Except, of course, I'm not right now because Broadway isn't happening because there's a pandemic. So with some extra time on my hands, I thought this would be a good time to reach out to the community and also make people tell me scary stories, which is one of my favorite things. Uh, I have had a love for scary stories since I was very young. I can't say forever because there was definitely a period where even looking at the back of a horror movie VHS tape, hi, I'm old, would be enough to make me lose sleep and make my mother furious at my brothers for showing me creepy things. But those days are gone, and now I love the creepy. There are a lot of theaters that have ghosts and ghost stories attached to them. When I was on tour for a little over a year, I would run across the occasional story from a local dresser, um, just about something creepy that they'd experienced in the building. And I love it. I love hearing about that. Uh, So I thought recently that I could probably reach out to some of these people that I've come across in my career and they might share their stories with me. There are theaters that embrace their ghost stories and that love their ghosts. There are some places that treat them like they're a mascot, kind of. Typically, a theater is a very emotionally charged place. Lots happening in it. Aside from the drama or comedy that's happening on stage, there's a lot of stuff happening backstage between the people that work on the production. Sometimes there's a good energy, and sometimes maybe there's not, and that's not always to do with ghosts. We've all worked on those shows that are a little fraught. Nothing supernatural, but sometimes just as unsettling. But to have the knowledge beyond all of that, that there's something in the background, that's a little spooky and I like it. Uh, As somebody who works in wardrobe too, wardrobe is frequently the last in the building, except for security guards and doormen. And shout out to you guys, because you're great. So I've spent plenty of time in empty basements. On a few occasions, I might have been a little creeped out. I might have felt a little unsettled. Might have felt a little creepy. Not creepy. I hope I'm not creepy. I don't think I'm a little creepy. Nobody's ever said. So, TBD. But for me, most of the time, that creepiness comes from my imagination. Because I love creepy stories. I like creepy movies. I like the scary books. So I have a lot of these stories in my head all the time. And my imagination just goes... And there have been times when I've been by myself in a creepy place or just a normal place, let's be honest, thinking, what if something ran out from behind that thing over there, ran across there, and then disappeared behind that thing over there? What would I do? And then I just have to pack up and leave because I'm done there forever. But I've never actually seen or heard anything that I can't explain I don't know that I'd actually want to experience anything. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. (laughs) I would probably just have to pack up and change careers and leave town forever. So the love for those stories is still there. It doesn't go away. I want to hear these stories 
all the time. My podcast cues are full of shows that tell me spooky things, and I love it. So I know that this trove of stories in the theater community exists that I haven't heard before that maybe aren't the big famous ones. Maybe somebody just had a spooky experience that they want to share. So I've reached out. I've tried to find people who want to share their stories with me. So you, dear listener, new listener, possibly temporary listener, if this podcast doesn't go anywhere, are going to come with me on a journey to Spooky Town by way of some seriously haunted theaters. All right, here goes. It's like a real show. Oh my God, look out, there's a guest. The first person I'm going to be speaking with is Patrick Johnson. I know Patrick from working with him at Theater Works USA back when I first moved to New York City in 2006. So let's dive into some of Patrick's fantastic storytelling. Okay. Also, oh, okay. I also got some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay. Oh, I want cookies. Okay. All right. So we are talking with Patrick Johnson. Patrick. Hello. Give us give us a little bit of a resume rundown. Um, I am primarily a costumer. I've designed some little off-off-Broadway things, but mostly I have done, um, I've also worked with the Rockettes in their um, alterations and fitting room. You know all about that. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> and, I, I, lo- I love that warehouse shop. Oh, it's- yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I've also done um, uh, associate costume and assistant costume on and off-Broadway to uh, David Zen, Clint Ramos, Sarah Lux, some uh, really, really great people. So I have been many a theater basement through. Oh yes. (laughs) Plenty of opportunities for uh, some dramatic spookiness. Yes. I love it. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what you got? Where, where are we starting? Are we starting in the city? uh, No, weirdly enough, I have not, uh, we, you know, I were just talking about uh, various Mm -hmm. theaters that we've uh, worked in on Broadway and, you do spend a lot of time in uh, basements and mm-hmm. in, you know, creepy third and fourth floor um, yeah. dressing rooms when no one's around. Uh, yep. But I haven't felt, I've, I've felt kind of, uh, you know, the palace is supposedly very haunted. And I mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in the basement of the palace working yes. on uh, SpongeBob. And uh, that was a long process, so I was there a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, I, besides a few kind of weird uh, tingles on the back of my neck, walking in a in a dark uh, hallway sure. or you know upstairs near the star dressing rooms, I just I, I didn't see anything or feel much. Mm-hmm. And as you know about me, because listeners, Virginia and I have known each other a while. Uh, I'm going to say 14 years, <laughs> 14. Yeah. Or 15. And I, we worked, we worked somewhere where I used to tell ghost stories because I am someone who has time of strange paranormal run-ins to tell, you know, ghost stories to us uh, in our downtime or when we were all sitting around mm-hmm. a table, you know, putting hymns in. Um, yes. But my two stories that are, the ones where I'm like, yes, those those are some ghosts, um, because <laughs> no because my whole life I would get you know 
uh, even when I was a kid, I would feel kind of a funny feeling if I was in a place where I thought maybe there was something different in the air, you know, some mm-hmm. paranormal something. But I'd kind of get, uh-huh. you know, uh, pricklies on my arms or I just are on the back of my neck. But um, uh-huh. if I'd see something, it'd be kind of like a blur or a, a shadow or something out of the corner of my eye. But I never mm-hmm. had seen just like a flat out, you know, like in Ghostbusters when, when they're in the library and there's the ghostly right. librarian who looks like right. a, a woman. A floating force. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I had never seen that. Um, I had seen shapes, I had seen kind of auras, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that happens all the time. Sometimes years have gone by and I haven't seen anybody since the story I'm going to tell you, one of the stories. I was working on uh, something up, I was the associate um, designer on a show with David Zinn up at Yale. He was a guest uh, designer. And uh, because I have uh, an extensive craft background, thanks to working at Theater Works, yes. <laughs> we had to learn how to of do necessity. everything. <laughs> yes. But I had an extensive... You're not just a stitcher. No, you're yeah. on everything. <laughs> uh, yep. So because I had that uh, background, he would pull me onto projects that uh, were kind of craft heavy because he knew that when all of my uh, putting things together and... Uh, kind of monitoring workloads and, and uh, you know, all the other things that an, an associate does or, or an assistant does. Yeah. He knew that I could then, he could watch the show during tech and I could go and build things. So uh, I was in the craft room and off the craft room, there's a long, long hallway that goes uh, down to, that dead ends into a dressing room. And okay. the dressing room door was open. But I mean, it's, it's not 10 or 20 feet. I mean, it's way on the other side, almost what it feels like on the okay. building. So you can see down there, but it's not like if you don't have your glasses on, like I did not, you, you can't necessarily see like who it is, you know, right. the features. So yeah. I'm sitting there, uh, work building these, uh, pig heads that we're going to put on people for this, uh, scene that takes place in a slaughterhouse. It was a great artsy uh-huh. show. It was amazing. But I'm building these uh, these pig heads, and it's creepy what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and there's nobody there. They're all either downstairs in tech or, um, you know, it was like a skeleton crew. Sure. So there's nobody upstairs with me, and lights are off. Oh, Except okay. for my light and a light at the far end of the hallway that is, you know, burning for some reason in the dressing room. Okay. Was that dressing room being used for the show or was it empty? It was being used for the show, uh-huh. but I can assure you there was no one in there. Right, because everybody was downstairs uh, in tech. Everybody was downstairs because actors were dressed. Right. And any any clothes that they needed were in changing boots backstage. Yeah. So there was nobody up there. And I can tell you this because I then went to check Yo, good. after this happened. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I'm sitting there. Putting uh, putting these fake glassy plastic eyes into these pig heads. Oh god! And that um, is creepy. You're setting this punching, there. punching hair into the tops for little wispies. Uh-huh. They were very very authentic. <laughs> and uh, I get like out of the corner of my left eye, I feel like there's something moving somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I look and there's nothing. 
So I come back to the pig head and I'm still, I'm working on my pig heads. And I get the feeling again, that this time that I'm being watched. I turn to my left again and look way down that hallway and way down at the end of the hallway, silhouetted in front of the light that's in the dressing room Uh is a woman. Okay. And she's in a long skirt Uh and a blouse. And that's all I can really see. But I can see by her silhouette. She's like, she's at her silhouette is like the restroom sign woman. You know what okay, I mean? Very like distinctly. The, the triangle skirt. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I know that it's a woman. And I looked down okay. there. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, hello? And she didn't move. I turned back to my stuff and put down my little uh, exacto and my little puncher. Put that down. Uh-huh. Turned back. She was gone. Oh, God. So... I said, hello? (laughs) And and then horror movie style said, well, I better go look. Patrick, you know better. I (laughs) I crept down there, like that thing where just the pit of my stomach. I was like, but I had to know. And also, I'm not necessarily scared of ghosts. I don't like when they when they do stupid stuff to scare you or that scares you. I don't think they're intentionally trying to scare you. I haven't had that experience. Maybe, I mean, we've seen horror movies. They like to do that, apparently. But uh, I, I just wanted to know, is it a person that's just back there or is it something else? As you walk down the hallway, there's many doors on either side. There's, there's, there's little dressing rooms and little work rooms where like wigs are worked on or there's a bathroom or whatever. But I had heard no door open and close. I had heard there was a split second when I wasn't looking down that hallway. So if this was a person playing a trick, I don't know how they would have gotten out of there without me seeing it because it is just a gauntlet long hallway. So um, I walked down there. Uh, all the doors to the, to the dressing rooms and stuff were open uh, and nobody was in those, mm-hmm. the side dressing rooms. And when I got down to the big dressing room at the end of the hall, I walked in, there were clothing racks in there. And I uh-huh. went, but I was like, hello, hello, uh-huh. going between each thing, moving clothes. Nobody was in there. So, but I have to say, you were setting up a beautiful horror yes, movie scene. Yes, it did. Where, feel, like, yeah. the camera's peeking yes, through the clothes totally. being pushed aside. But because I am such a horror movie fan, I was like, I better move these clothes around, too. Because <laughs> if there's a head, you know, about to jump, yeah. scare me, I have to see it. Uh, but she wasn't, she wasn't yeah. in there. Interesting. And that's when I decided I was done for the day or night. It was night. I okay. was done for the night. Was it late? It was it was after nine, you know, it was it was okay. nine, nine thirty. It was dark. Um there were people in the building working on something below us. Uh so I just decided I'm going down to the tech table and that's where I'll just tell David, Oh, I'm tired yeah. of doing that and the fumes are getting to me. <laughs> I I moved downstairs and just (laughs) hung out down there. Um, So then the next day, uh, I walked in like normal. I wasn't scared. I just, I walked in like normal. And 
uh, Tom was like, ooh, your big heads look great. We're going to put them on stage tonight, right? I said, yeah. And, uh, you know, all the other, uh, the other ladies that, that were working there were like, um, well, did you get scared last night? You know, poking fun at me because I'd said, I'll be okay if you all. Oh, okay. Because they all, they leave at 5.30 or 6, you know. Oh, wow. I was like, no, I was, I was totally fine, you know, whatever. And I said, but let me ask you something. <laughs> this place is haunted, right? And uh, I think it was Deborah turned around and she said, who'd you see? And I said, okay. I said, is there someone here? And she was like, uh-huh. there are people that have been here. And I there said, are multiple people. And I said, well, I saw a lady in the back dressing room. And, uh, and one of the other women that worked there goes, oh, yeah, that's a patron that used to, that used to, um, that used to come see all the shows. And I was like, really? And then they told, I don't remember the story, but apparently it was, you know, a woman that was a, a longtime patron of Yale huh. uh, performances. And uh, after she right. died, you know, apparently gave a lot of money to the school, whatever. And after she died, come hang out in the theater. Sure. Wander around. So Not that right. was one of the first times I saw in uh, real time something that I was like, I am looking at a ghost, not, huh, wonder what that was, or... And then later reflect on it and think, oh, that must have been a ghost, yeah. No, that was the first time that I was like, I have just seen a ghost. That's amazing. Finally, 40-something years into my life. Right. That has finally happened. Right. So, um, and it wasn't particularly scary, it was creepy, and I know that Someone else in my position probably would have run screaming out of that the room, but sure. uh, uh, no, I had to know. I had to know. I, you know, why I had to know because I needed to be able to tell people because someone was going to say, "Oh, it was a student," yes. or "Oh, it was a a, a worker." No, mm-hmm. it wasn't. There was nobody there. Right. I like that so, that you had the presence of mind to be like, "What? Yeah. What could? What could this be? And how can I make sure it's not that?" So this next one is, this is the one where I look back on this and say, but this was a turning point in my life. Wow. Because this scared the bejesus out of me. Oh my God. Really? Like Um, in the moment you were scared, not later when you thought about it? I was like, you know how in a dream you, you open your mouth to yell or scream and nothing comes out. It happens in real life. I was like, just apoplectic but it didn't last long it just was in the moment i was like Aah! yes so um <laughs> we were at um this is a spongebob story the out of town for spongebob was in um chicago at, okay. at the oriental theater which is one of the oldest theaters in chicago it is the most beautiful theater you have ever really? seen in your life it is high egyptian gilded oh, wow. golden age it, it is gold on gold on gold on gold and it is gorgeous it just the space is beautiful and it's enormous oh wow um yeah which is one of those things when you first start working in Broadway or you do Broadway stuff, you know, you go into like the booth and you're all, this is a closet. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's fine. It's, it's a, it's a theater. It's yeah. a big theater. 
there's still a grandness to yeah, it, it's, sort it's of, but grand. it's like a very it's beautiful but because like, it's New York City. Right, but you're all, but this is a lot smaller than I thought it was. Well, that is yes. that is not the Oriental. The process of birthing a show that is very very technically challenging. They had to tech the hell out of that, and so. You know, your your tech is already feels like it's the longest thing in the world because you're doing 10 out of 12s or what yes. felt like 20 out of 12s. But you're, <laughs> you know, and as a, as a technician, as, a, as anyone on a crew, you're stuck there, you know, like you're... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the actors get to come and go, but you spend, you spend a lot of time in that building and you get to know yes. that building. So you start looking for shortcuts. And ways to get from point A to point B without having to go all the way around the, you know, or whatever. Oh, yeah. And the, the Oriental Theater has like three or four floors below ground. Maybe three floors. Oh. Um, it is like a labyrinth of stairs and uh, walkways and passages, you know. And you were always looking for a... a a way to get around without having to go the long way. So um, there was one night where uh, we were done with tech and the, the ghost light was on and I needed to get from one side to the other. But to do so, you had to kind of go this roundabout way unless you just went in through the house, walked up the steps onto the stage and crossed across the stage. Well, tech was over, so it didn't matter. So I was like, and for some reason, we were staying so close to the, the Oriental that it didn't feel weird being there late because I knew that there was a there was a door guy somewhere. There was a guard, you know. Yeah. So uh, I was like, oh, I'm fine if I if I'm going to shut things down or whatever, or, or if I'm yeah. kind of uh, uh, last to leave. So um, I had a basket full of stuff, as one always does, and I was going mm-hmm. from uh, the house onto the stage to cross over. And as I did, and I passed by the ghost light downstage on my left, I happened to just look out into the audience and something up in the, the top balcony, I think there were two of them. The top balcony caught my eye because there was a light on in a hallway somewhere up there that was vaguely illuminating. And I turned to my left and I looked up there. I just stopped in the middle of the stage Everything's dark. You know, there's a couple lights on in the, you know, like those little lights that are um, on the sides of, of the seats in the row. Oh, yeah, the guy those, lights. Yeah, on. those were on. So I could see okay. everything, but it wasn't like yeah. we had work lights on. And I looked up to the top left because something had caught my eye. And I stopped and I just kind of like focused up there into the, into the kind of gloom. And a shape appeared... And it was short, and it was a, a little, slim little shape that was kind of, not skipping, but walking in a funny way in silhouette in front of this weird, this kind of vague light way up oh there. My God. And I went, hello? Because, you know, that's oh, what no. you do. I was like, hello? Who's up there? Because yeah. I thought, you know, the choreographers had been, had been oh, working up okay. there. And I thought, oh, one of the choreographers. But I was the only one there. And I thought maybe someone has stayed. And I was like, hello? And the the figure stopped. And then it kind of jerky walked back across the other way. Ew. And and then I was like, oh my God. Is that a kid? 
And I was thinking, it was that size. It was that small. That it, it was that small. Been. It was small and slim, like a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, is that a kid doing like a funny walk? What's he doing? And I looked back up again and he was gone. And I, I thought, well, I don't know, but it's time to go. So I uh, took my, had to go back downstairs, but I went the other way, you know, went back downstairs, dropped off my basket in the basement, and then, um, you know, walked up to the the guard, said goodnight, and walked back to the hotel. Thought nothing Mm -hmm. of it. The next day, I went in, and one of the, the Oriental is one of those places where, you know, you bring your design crew and your wardrobe and your, uh, your head of wardrobe and your wardrobe assistant, but everybody mm-hmm. else comes with the venue, you know, okay, so you have a lifers, you know, these are women yeah. yep. uh, and men that have been there 50, 40, easily 40, 50 years sometimes. Yes. And then their kids and then their grandkids, you know, whatever. Yep. Very much a family business. Which is great because, man, yeah. you get so much great theater history. They have seen yeah. everything. Yes. Done everything. <laughs> Nothing shocking. They are so over it. Uh, the oh, more yeah. sets. But also keep doing it because it's, well, I mean, it's a great union job, of course, but also because they love yeah. it. You know, they love yeah. it. And they're a family. So some of those people have been there forever. Yes. And you know me, I'm very chatty. And uh, uh, I'm a good person to send in when you need to win over the wardrobe crew. Absolutely, yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, went in. Hey, everybody! You know, they, we were all already pals already. You know, sure. hey, everybody, how are you? Blah blah blah. And one of the ladies said, "So, how was your uh, your night here last night? Did you stay late?" And I said, "Yeah, I stayed a little later than I thought I was, but I was probably out of here, uh, you know, before ten. It wasn't it wasn't awful." Mm-hmm. We weren't in 10 out of 12s or anything yet, you know, okay. and we've been going in really early. So I had been there all day. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't awful. Um, and, uh, and she goes, oh, well, that's good. I said, but let me ask you something. Um, I was walking across the stage last night and I looked, I, something caught my eye and I looked up there and I thought I saw like somebody up there in the, in the balcony, but I, I called out and then, and then they kind of disappeared. I don't, I don't know who that was. And, uh, the room got quiet. Oh, and yeah. one of the ladies said, who, who did you see up there? And I Again, said, like there's options. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I feel like it was like a little boy. And all of them go, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, God. I said, did I see a ghost? <laughs> and they said, and one of them said something like, I'm surprised that's the only one you saw. <laughs> and I said, oh, I was like, no. oh, my God, that, that confirms some things. I said, because I pick up on that stuff. And yeah. I have been feeling such prickly sensations on me a lot uh-huh. while I've been here. I've been feeling like I'm, I'm like someone's looking at me or I've been feeling when I'm in a room that I'm not alone. Uh, okay. And um, one of the ladies goes, well, this is one of the most haunted uh, theaters in the United States. And I said, Ooh. really? And she goes, yeah. Uh, I said, what, people just die here a lot or what? And she goes, <laughs> no, but a lot of people died here one time. 
And oh no, uh, that wasn't the theater where the fire was, was it? Correct. What? Oh, she said. Shit. She said, "This oh is God. where. Uh, this is the reason why oh, our theater doors open out bar. to the street." Yes. That tragedy that we have all heard about oh, working in the theater God. happened at the Oriental Theater. Quick interruption here. So the theater that Patrick is talking about here is the James M. Niederlander Theater in Chicago. The Oriental was the theater's original name when it opened in 1926. Before that, it was the site of the Iroquois Theater. And if you've ever read about the Iroquois Theater fire, you know why this is important to the story, because more than 600 people died in the Iroquois Theater fire, either in the fire or as a result of injuries caused by the fire. If you've never done any research into it, it's a horrifying but important story, in part because of all the fire safety measures that came out of it. Panic bars on exit doors and lights over the exits in the theater that won't go out once the show starts. Okay, back to Patrick. She said, yeah, so many people died here. This is a very haunted place. And I said, well, that makes perfect sense then. So I said, well, now I know. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll keep my eyes open for any more uh, creepy stuff. And, okay. you know, the women were like, oh, that stuff doesn't even bother us anymore. I mean, we've seen them all and, you know, whatever. Uh, they didn't give me a list of ghosts to look for. But she goes, yeah, you're going to see kids everywhere. You know, if, oh if, my God. if they're, yeah. they're going to appear to you, you will see a lot of chairs. I don't know. So it wasn't like I was creeping around, you know, looking for them. But I thought, well, if it happens, it happens. Okay. So I think we're now in previews. And we previewed a while. I'm sitting at the tech table a lot more working on kind of crafty things that I can do while, while we can watch the show or, or whatever during the day. And then previews are at night and we sit in the back and watch, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I'm in the house a lot more and uh, we have to clear our tables before the, the audience of the preview at night. Oh, of course. So I have a big uh, basket full of crap that I'm taking, again, another basket full of stuff that I'm yeah. taking downstairs. But to go from the house, if you're not going to walk across the stage, which th at this point you really couldn't anymore to take that shortcut, mm -hmm. you, had to, you had to do this other thing. But I had discovered off of stage left a doorway that went to a staircase that went down uh a, a couple of um a couple of floors and okay. uh so i was like and when it puts you it was that thing where you find like a new shortcut i opened yeah. the, the door at the bottom of the stairs and it was this it was the hallway right next to the costume area where we were and nice. i was like oh my god i've wasted <laughs> so much time this could have been, i thought this was a utility room yeah so um <laughs> That became my, my little secret highway that I let only a few people in on. So um, uh, I had a big basket full of stuff. You got to the landing and you could look down over the landing and you saw three stories down. But you could oh, wow. see, you know, if someone was down there, you could see them coming up the stairs. You could see a, a hand on a rail walking up or whatever. So you knew that if there was someone in there. So I had my basket full of stuff and I heard a couple of floors below um, something. I heard, I don't, I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was just kind of a disturbance in the force, but I remember, sure. I remember thinking, oh, someone's coming. Maybe it's one of my mm. team. Maybe it's one of the wardrobe uh, people. I don't know. So I, I had the, the basket 
uh, in front of me, and I balanced it on kind of the banister, and I leaned over the basket oh, no. to look, and I said, hey, who's down there, you know, in a funny way? Sure. And down, three stories down, with her hand on the banister, was a woman, and when I, when I said, hey, and she looked up, I didn't know who she was. She was a okay. woman that I had not ever seen before. Okay. Here's the problem. She was gray and blurry. Oh. The moment our eyes locked, I, I remember in a split second, my, my heart and just sunk like that oh, feeling God. where you're just like, oh, my God, this is happening. Right. In that moment, when our eyes locked, I said to myself, holy shit, I am seeing a ghost. <laughs> she is looking at me in my eyes. Oh, we are looking no. at each other. And both of us are acknowledging we see each other. Oh, my God. And the minute I, I blinked just before I could make a decision, what do I do now? She, I don't know how to explain this. She blew up the stairs. Like, like oh my God. up the stairs and threw me up the stairs above me and out wherever she went. She blew through me. What did that feel like? It was just like they say, you, it is the coldest cold you have ever felt. And it was exhilarating. Oh, really? It was just, wow. ah! Like, but like I said, it was that time where I couldn't make noise. I went, ah! Oh, God. And it happened in a split second. Like, almost like if I were to draw a cartoon of it, mm -hmm. it would be like I was drawing like, like a meteor, right? Like the right. meteor, and then behind the meteor is a tail of just like yeah. stuff, of like energy. Debris, yeah. Only the meteor itself would be her head, her face. Oh. Wow, but her body just sort of it just blurred out kind of her. blurred behind her, and that face blew. Uh, what the funny thing is, she didn't just fly up; she yeah. the stairs the whole way. But it was right. um, it was just it happened in a second. It was just wow, and oh blew God. through me and out, and I I stood there <laughs> and I had my basket, and I went. <sighs> <laughs> like, like just trying to get my breath and just like oh my god that happened oh, oh my wow. god that just happened <laughs> oh my god it sounds like the way you describe it it sounds like a cold plunge after you've yes. been in a sauna oh absolutely did it feel kind of like that absolutely and I just was like oh god what the f I think you know what I mean I I was talking wow. to myself the whole time. And the funny thing is, is that in that moment, you like, you have a choice. 
you can say to yourself, I am forever changed and I am now scared of everything. And every creaky door and every uh, footstep and every shadow is going to scare the shit out of me. Uh Or you say to yourself, I've now pretty much seen it all. You know (laughs) what I mean? Yeah. And you just decide that. There's nowhere else for me to go from this point. Right. I have now experienced it. It must be like like surviving a plane crash. You can either be, I will never fly again, or you can be like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. <laughs> I, I know what happens. That is a good point. When it gets, you know what I mean? Yeah. Granted, plane crash is a lot scarier, I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> kind of a sustained terror. This was yes. a momentary terror. Right. That did actually scare the bejesus out of me. But then it was over and I had my basket and I got my uh, breath back and I said, because we work in theater, well, I got to take this stuff downstairs because I still got a bunch of stuff to do and blah, blah, blah. No one's going to do it for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That whole the show must go on thing. Like that's real. Everybody's like, I just got a ghost through me, but you know what? I really got to get to work. Right, right. I went downstairs, I, you know, opened the door, put, put stuff in there, uh, made a list of what I needed to do uh, tomorrow morning, left it there, and uh, bid my goodbyes to whomever, and left. The next day, I went into the costume shop, and mm-hmm. I said, well, ladies, saw another one last night, uh, and they were like, oh, who'd you see? And I said, <laughs> this one was a woman, she was in the secret stairwell. And um, I saw, for the first time in my life, a ghost, and I could make out her features. I'd like to believe she had on period clothing. I don't remember, but I do know she didn't have on, like, sweatpants. The problem was, is the face changed so quickly. Do you remember... A couple of years ago, they were doing a restoration of the face of Jesus in that church in like Italy. Yes. And yes. You remember what the restoration ended up looking like? Where it was just like a big yes. smudgy cookie with, with like two eye holes and a mouth. Oh God, it was like a cookie. That's yes. what her face in my in my memory turned into the split second before she blew through me. That's that. I feel like would be scarier than just seeing a face with recognizable features because the incongruity of seeing like a smushy, smudgy face yeah, and meet like just change like that. It was, I, I think if it hadn't blown through you, right. I wonder if you would have had more time to register how creepy oh, that yeah, was. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think, yeah. I think the thing is, is that she was going from her sort of human guys into her, paranormal ectoplasmic yeah. energy. Her ghost tornado face. Right. And yeah. I saw, I, I was privy to that instant transformation before she was like, gangway, I'm getting yeah. out of here. You know what I mean? Interesting. But it didn't seem, it didn't, she never seemed malicious or anything? No. Did it just seem if like any, she had places anything, to be? anything, she seemed frightened. Really? Like she was startled that she'd seen She somebody? was startled by me. I was startled by her. And her energy was a panicked energy. And I say okay. that, I, I can't explain it because it sounds so new agey. 
But when she blew through me and I got Mm -hmm. that exhilarating, tingling rush of adrenaline, I also feel like I, I acted like a sieve. Okay. And she left remnants of whatever that thing is that drives ghosts to be ghosts. Because not everyone's a ghost. Some people die and they're fine with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that the, the, the women and the children and the, everybody that died in that fire certainly felt a, a, a panic and a terror yeah. of that realization where you're like, oh, crap, this is how it, this is it? This yeah. is how it ends for me? Me yeah. feverishly trying to find an exit? Yeah. So that, that's the thing that I felt. I felt exhilaration that was not unpleasant, mm-hmm. but I also felt when she blew through me, remnants of, it was a, it was a highly strong uh, yeah. emotion. It was, it was panic. It was fear. It okay. was anxiety. It was anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a, uh, I got to tell you, it was a life changer because I have, that's, and that's the last time I've seen anything, but um, that's the, the big one. That's the one where I'm like, well, I got (laughs) no doubts whatsoever. Well, when I told the, when I told the ladies in the costume shop the next day, I didn't tell them the whole story. But I did say, you know, I saw a woman, uh, and uh, she was in the in the secret stairs, and and uh, one of the ladies says, "Huh, I haven't seen anyone back there. That's interesting." She goes, "I mostly see them, you know, out in the house, or I'll see them in the hallways down here, or definitely." She go, she was like, uh, "Oh, we see them up in the in the the balconies all the time." So that's three ghost stories in theaters. And that's the thing is that's people, amazing. people would always say like, Oh, this is a real haunted, uh, theater. And then I'd work there yeah. for two weeks and I'd be like, no, no, yeah, nobody, nah. came, nobody came and talked to me. Nobody came and found me. Right. But <laughs> well, this made up for lost time. It sounds oh, like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I see. I always think I'm much more in the camp of, Okay, I'm never doing this again. I'm gonna have to change careers so I never have to go in this theater again. You know, I feel like I feel like I would just abandon my life and move somewhere. My, somewhere else. my opinion is, well, they don't mean they don't seem to want to kill me or scare the Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's like a new neighbor. You kind of you suss them out. And you, um, you figure out how to live with your new neighbor. Okay, that was Patrick. I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again. He's an amazing storyteller. That was delightful. Thank you very much to Patrick Johnson for sharing your stories and for helping me to come up with the name of this podcast. And thank you very much for listening. I'm excited to share this with you. And in plenty of time for Halloween, too. Because I know that I'm always looking for creepy content as Halloween approaches. And hopefully this will scratch, scratch, scratch a scary itch. You know what? Never mind. Forget I mentioned it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.